hope for, for quite a while, a few weeks, maybe over a month, I forget exactly. Uh, and we've been looking in the book of Mark. And there's, there's a lot of hope in the book of Mark. And uh, today is the last message from this series of hope. And I, I believe it's appropriate that we do start the new year off with the message of God's hope for us. Amen? If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and, and, and find the book of Mark all the way over to chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. In Mark chapter 14, we're going to be looking at the Lord's Supper. We are going to be taking communion today at the, end, at the close of the service. And I hope that you will prepare your hearts for that. And this message should lead you to that. But in Mark chapter 14, starting with verse 12, it says this. On the first day of the festival of, unle of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table, eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Let's pray. Lord, I am so grateful for your word today. Your word that is truth. We can trust it. We can believe it. We can pattern our lives from it. Help us today to understand what you want us to know. 
Help us to live our lives differently because of what we know and learn from your word this day, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Just prior to this, Jesus uh, had made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He had cleansed the temple. He had been foretelling future events, including things that were going to happen to him. He had been anointed with costly perfume. Judas had decided that he had had enough. And he made plans with the leading Jewish priest to betray Jesus, and then he began to find a time, a place, when he could betray him. Jesus knew what was going to happen. Judas knew that he could no longer follow this man named Jesus. And the rest of the disciples, they were clueless. They didn't know what was going on. And now they all sit down to what has become known as the Last Supper. Jesus is about to explain to them what is going to happen to him, but not just to him, but specifically to his body. And yet they still don't fully understand what he is telling them. They don't. They thought it was just another Passover meal, something that they, as good Jews, would have done every year of their lives. This is just maybe going through the motions, in a sense. There was no way for them to know this would be the last time that they would eat with Jesus. There's no way. What they also did not know is that every year after this, they would celebrate the Passover with a very different meaning. No longer would a lamb be needed as a Passover sacrifice. Jesus would soon take the place of that lamb forever. This Passover meal was going to be very different for all of them. What they thought was going to be just a routine event was about to change their lives forever. But it would also change the lives of anyone who would follow after this man, Jesus. A new hope was about to be established. They thought they had hope, but they, they didn't quite understand what Jesus was preparing to do, what he was preparing to go through. What does the year 2017 hold for you? What does it hold for me? If we were all honest, we would all answer, I don't have a clue. <laughs> There's no way for us to know. Now, you and I, we can make plans for the new year, but that does not guarantee anything, does it? Absolutely not. You can make wonderful plans concerning your job, concerning your business, concerning your family, maybe concerning yourself, but all those plans are not guaranteed, are they? They're not guaranteed to happen, and they're certainly not guaranteed to happen the way you want them to happen. Your hope had better not be in your plans. Of course, that would be based on how people view the word hope today, typically. I'm afraid that too many people equate hope with the word wish. Think about it. 
If you listen carefully, you can easily exchange those two words. Hope, wish, wish, hope. But as we've been learning lately, this is, this is not a biblical view of the word hope. Pastor Gary shared a biblical definition of hope with us a few weeks ago. It's based on Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, if you're like me, you can't, you can't put wish in the place of hope there, can you? It wouldn't make sense, would it? Biblical hope is assurance. Biblical hope is a confident expectation. It's not a wish. It's not a wish. When many people talk about hope for the future these days, they are, they're talking about things that they have little or no control over. You can hope all you want that you won't get sick this coming year. Some people probably already got sick today. <laughs> it's gone. That hope is gone. That wish is gone. You can hope all you want that someone close to you will not die. That's not going to change anything, though, is it? You can hope all you want that the Vikings are going to beat the Bears today. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, Ben. You can hope all you want that I get done before noon today so you can watch the Bears beat the Vikings. You might have a better, oper uh, better option with that. <laughs> you can hope for fill in the blank, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. There's no guarantee, there's no assurance, there's no confident expectation that that is going to take place in your life. Now, does that mean that we should not pray against sickness in our bodies for ourselves or for our family? Does that mean that we should not pray for protection for us, for our loved ones? Absolutely not. That's not what we're talking about today. This is not the kind of hope that we have been discovering. There were many times when the Apostle Paul made plans to visit certain places or certain churches, regions, and his plans got changed. But Paul did not put his hope in his plans. They were just plans. They were just ideas. It's at least not the biblical kind of hope. He didn't have assurance or a confident expectation that his plans were going to be fulfilled. They were just plans, ideas. No, Paul's hope was in Jesus Christ. That's it. It was in Jesus. Not in what he planned, not in what he hoped he would do. It was in Jesus. It wasn't in whether or not he didn't suffer. It wasn't in whether or not he was beaten or shipwrecked or anything else. His hope was simply in Jesus. It was the kind of hope that mankind 
cannot interfere with. It was the kind of hope that Satan cannot interfere with. It was the kind of hope that is not dependent on just some other mere mortal. It was the kind of hope that is not based on great plans or dreams. It was the kind of hope that is not subject to circumstances. No, Paul's hope was based on the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. The Christ. Jesus, the Son of God. Please understand, when we say Jesus Christ, we're not using Christ as his last name. <laughs> I hope you know that already. Christ is simply a title for him. Christ means Messiah or anointed one. Messiah or anointed one. So every time someone says Jesus Christ, whether they are praising his name or whether they are cursing his name, in reality they are saying what? That Jesus is the Messiah. That Jesus is the anointed one. And they don't even know it. They don't even realize it. You see, it's not the intention behind the words, is it? It's the words themselves. It doesn't matter how someone is using them, they are still the same. The meaning does not change. Wouldn't it be interesting if someone near you were to use his name as a curse word and you say, oh, you know the Messiah? You know the anointed one? And they're like, what? Try it. I, I, I challenge you to do that. I, I, I'll have to challenge myself too. But that is what it means when we say Jesus Christ. As the Christ, as the Messiah, as the anointed one, Jesus is able to fulfill all of the Old Testament obligations of the law. We could spend a whole long time talking about that. That's a whole other issue, another subject. But as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the Anointed One, He is also able to fulfill all the requirements of the sacrificial system for forgiveness, for our forgiveness. In today's reading in the Gospel of Mark, I believe that it becomes more alive, it becomes more understandable and more meaningful when we understand that it is explaining to us what Jesus came to do on the cross. You see, again, the disciples did not know what he was saying when he said, this is my body and this is my blood. They didn't, they didn't know. We look back on it and we know, if we've been in the church at any length of time, we know what it means. They didn't have a clue. I want to read that, that portion again, starting with verse 22. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Let me just stop there for a moment. 
Can you place yourself at the table with the disciples and Jesus? And he says, take this, eat it, this is my body. Without knowing, without hindsight, I can't even imagine what was going through their minds. What do you mean this is your body? You're still alive. You want us to eat your body? It doesn't make sense, does it? Verse 23, Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And then he says, (laughs) I'm glad he said this after the fact, this is my blood of the covenant. Now again, put yourself at the table not knowing anything about what's going, what, is, what is happening here. And he says, what you just drank, that's, that's my blood. Now I can imagine there were probably cultures in that, at that time who drank blood. And they probably knew about those cultures. Think about this. This is totally new to them. They did not know what he was doing. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. The bread and the cup represent a new covenant that Jesus was establishing for anyone who would believe in him as the Christ, the Son of God. This is different from the old covenant that God had made with the Israelites. The old covenant could only reveal their sins and actually it would condemn them for their sins. It could not remove their sins from them. It would simply cover them over. The old covenant, it could not not offer them hope because they could not fulfill it completely. It never gave them hope. When Jesus came, He fulfilled that old covenant. He fulfilled that Old Testament law. And He was the only one who could. The only one who could. The new covenant does not condemn us. Thank you, Jesus. The old covenant does not condemn you and I for our sins. It does reveal them. It exposes them. But it does not condemn us because it's new, because it's different, because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Something that you and I could not do for ourselves, Jesus did. He became that sacrifice for us. It gives us hope. It gives us hope. It does not condemn. It gives us hope. The bread and the cup represent what He went through for us. The bread, again, it represents his body, his broken body. The 39 stripes that he received on that whipping post broke his body for us. 
for our healing. The cup, again, is reminiscent or representative of his blood, his blood that was spilled there at the whipping post, but then also on the cross. It was spilled for our salvation, for our forgiveness. To not just cover our sins like the old covenant, the old sacrifices could do, but no, it would remove our sins from us. So that when God looks at us, He doesn't see our sin any longer. We are cleansed, we are holy, we are pure because of Jesus, because of what He did on the cross. Because of Jesus, we have not, I think, but he, we have full assurance. We have full, confident expectation that one day our hope, our biblical hope in Him will be fulfilled. Back to Paul's hope. Paul, he had a lot of hope, and it wasn't a lot of wishing. It was hope that was full assurance. It was based on the promises of God, not the promises of man. It was based on the unchangeable nature of God who cannot lie. And we could go on and on and on, but those are some of the things that it was based upon. These messages on hope that we have been learning and, and listening to, they have made me more sure of what I believe. I hope they have done the same for you. They have made me more sure of what my hope really is. And what is this hope? What, what is this hope? This assurance? What, what is this confident expectation that we are to have? Eternal life. Eternal life. Pure and simple, it is eternal life. If you get nothing else from this message, I hope that you get this. Our hope is equal to eternal life. Not a wish, not a want, but my hope. When you put your faith in Jesus as the Christ, you are putting your full assurance and your confident expectation in what he said he would do. When he said that he would forgive your sins, you can know that he forgave your sins. You don't have to wish, you don't have to wonder, you can know. When he said that he would go and prepare a place for you and for me, you and I can know that that is exactly what he is doing right now. He is preparing a place for us. Our hope is that one day we will spend eternity in the presence of God. Emphasis on we will. Not I wish. <laughs> Not even I think, but I know. There is nothing greater that anyone could ever hope for.
Nothing. Nothing in this life can compare. There are things that you're going through in your life right now that when we compare them to eternity, they, they should diminish. They should really become almost non-existent. Yes, they're still there, but when we compare it to eternity, it is nothing. It really is nothing to what we are hoping for, what we are hoping in. We have hope that gives us full assurance and confident expectation. Our God is the God of hope. There is no other religion, there is no other faith, there is no other belief system that offers their followers this kind of hope. Now they can talk about hope, they can, they can preach about it, talk about it, whatever, but the hope they are offering is nothing. It's a wish. They don't offer the kind of hope that can give full assurance and confident expectation like our hope does, like our God does. Now, again, they pretend that they offer hope, but they are only offering wishful thinking. There are no guarantees involved. As Christians, as followers of the Christ, we hope differently. We hope differently. Amen? As you go through this next year, I pray that you will listen to how people use this word hope. Listen. Do they use it from a biblical perspective? Talking about what they have full assurance of or a confident expectation of? Or do they use it to talk about things that they, they really are unsure about? Things that they do not have confidence in and things that they only wish would happen. But don't just listen to others. Listen to yourself. Listen to how you use the word hope in this coming year. When you pray, don't pray, God, I hope that this will happen. When you really are saying, I wish that this would happen. Or I hope that you will do such and such when you're really saying, I wish that you would do such and such. Our God is not a genie. He doesn't give us wishes. Our God is a God of hope, a God of assurance, confident expectations. Instead, when we pray, when you pray, pray with confidence. Pray with the full assurance that what you are praying for will happen. Pray with the confident expectation that God not only hears your prayers, but He desires to answer your prayers in the affirmative. Now, is that going to guarantee that that happens? No. That's not the point. But we are to pray with confidence. Declare to the Lord and to yourself that you believe that these things will take place, that these things will happen. Believe that they will happen. Don't just wish. Believe. Declare His promises. Declare Scripture. 
the Psalms, Proverbs, whatever. Whatever you need, declare those things before the Lord. Believe in them. Be specific. Be specific in what you are praying for. God is looking for His people to believe, not just to wish. Believe in His promises. Believe in His love for you. Believe in His forgiveness. Believe in the eternal reward that awaits for us in, as His followers. This is what Paul had to say about what he hoped for. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Now, this is, this is the key part coming up here. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Those are definitive statements, aren't they? They're not wishful thinking. They're not well, I think this is what's going to happen. No, he is declaring, this is what God has told me. This is what is going to take place because my God is a God of truth and a God of love, a God of promises. Paul knew what he believed in. His full assurance, his confident expectation was in Jesus. It was in Jesus that Jesus would do all that he said he would do. And Paul looked forward to his eternal hope, his eternal reward. If you don't have that same kind of hope today, you can. You can. All you need to do is to put your hope in Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. You can have the full assurance. You can have the confident expectation that one day you will spend eternity. You will spend eternity with Him in heaven. If you already have this hope, declare it. Believe it. Don't question. Don't wonder. Don't allow Satan to put those thoughts into your mind. Believe it. Declare it. Hope. Stand firm in your hope, which is found only in Jesus the Christ. Keep that hope uppermost in your hearts and in your minds, knowing that your eternal reward, your eternal hope is waiting for you. Not might be. Not I think so. It is. Live in the victory that is already yours. When Jesus died on that cross, that was it. Everything was paid for. Everything. All we have to do is put our hope, our full assurance, our confident expectation in Him. Would you bow your heads, please? If you are here this morning and you don't have 
that kind of hope in Jesus? Like I said, you can. You can have that hope. You can have that full assurance, that confident expectation that you will spend eternity with him. All you have to do is invite him into your life. If you are here this morning and you would like to do that, you would like to have that same hope that we have in Jesus. I ask that you just raise your hand. I can see your hand and I can pray with you this morning. Is there anyone this morning? Jesus is simply waiting for you to reach out. Anybody? If you are here today and you have that hope, but it's, it hasn't been quite what it should be. It's been more wishful thinking than actually full assurance. There's been some wondering going on instead of having the faith that you need to have. If that's you today, I want to pray a prayer. I hope that you'll pray this with me. You don't have to pray it out loud, but just be in agreement with me as I pray this prayer. Not just because it's a new year, but because it's the right thing to do. That you will declare before the Lord, God, I want to have the biblical hope. I want to have the full assurance. I want to have the confident expectations that I need in you. So that I'm not wondering anymore, that I'm not questioning anymore, that my faith is sure, it is firm. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I include myself in this prayer. God, that we would have the full assurance, the confident expectation, our hope in you the way we need to, God. That we wouldn't be wishing or, or, or wondering or just thinking that we would know that we would know, that we know, that we know. That we would not allow Satan to come in and to deceive us. But that our, again, our hope would be firmly planted in you, Jesus. Help us, God, in this new year to think about hope in a very different way than we have before. May it represent a new way of thinking for us, a new confidence, a new assurance in you, Jesus. No matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening around us, our hope is still in you. I thank you for that, in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, Pastor Gary and gentlemen are going to come. We're going to take communion together.
individuals who are going to assist would join me here at the front. We're going to distribute these, these elements, these emblems of Jesus' broken body and shed blood. This morning, thank you, Pastor Brad, for bringing this message, this first message in a new year about hope. Hope is not based upon circumstances, but upon a person, the person of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. As these elements are being distributed, I would like you to uh, uh, go ahead and hold it as you receive it, and, and don't, don't take it yet. Don't, don't drink it or eat it until everyone has been served. And then in a few moments, we are going to uh, receive it together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it tells us that we are, and you go ahead, gentlemen, thank you. It tells us that we are, we are to search ourselves. So would you take these moments, and I believe you've already been doing so. Pastor Brad mentioned at the beginning of his message, this message this morning that, that, uh, that we are to search ourselves. This is to be a time of reflection and, and introspection. Lord, is there anything in me? So would you take these moments, and uh, when everyone has been served, Again, continue to hold it. You do not need to be a member of this church. If you're visiting here this morning, this is your first time. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we encourage you. We not only welcome you, we encourage you to take and, and again, hold it, and then we'll receive this together. Thank you. We're going to sing a song also that uh, we sang earlier. And as you prepare yourself, um, let's, uh, let's, let's sing this. If you'd like to sing it or just listen to it, let's uh, prayerfully sing. Uh, consider what we're about to do.
Jesus said a number of things on the cross. The very last thing that Jesus said on the cross, it's recorded in John chapter 19. He said, it is finished. It is finished. It is done. With that statement, the Bible says he gave up his spirit. You understand that no one killed Jesus. Jesus gave himself up. Well, they, they crucified him, and they thought that he would have lived a lot longer than he did. And they were prepared to expedite that death. But Jesus gave up his spirit when everything had been accomplished. That's, that's, not, that's not a maybe. That's not a might. That's not an I wish. That is a certainty. That is blessed hope. It's confidence. It's assurance. He knew what he had done. He knew what he purchased for us. We often, when we receive communion, we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. One of the reasons that we do that Pastor Brad brought this great message this morning and he read from Mark chapter 14. It was recorded as it, as it happened. Paul, 25 years later, writing to a church, in many ways not unlike ours, a body of believers in Corinth, he, he wrote this. He said, I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. He wrote long after the fact, 25 years before Jesus had died on the cross, 25 years before he had risen from the dead, 25 years before he had descended into heaven. And now looking back on what Jesus purchased and accomplished and gave us the assurance for, he says, what the Lord gave me, I pass on to you. He said this, the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you take that, that bread in your hand? And let's do what is commanded. We, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for what this represents. A body that was broken to give us eternal life. A body that was broken so that we might live forever with you. You alone are God. You alone became flesh. You alone dwelled among us and died as a man and then rose from the dead. You alone paid the price. And we remember, almost 2,000 years later, we remember what you did. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Let's receive the bread together. In the same way, Paul writes, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And then, inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul added these words. He said, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
Would you take that cup in your hands and would you, before we receive it together, we're going to give thanks, but I want you to, to understand what we're about to do. We're not only looking back on his sacrifice and his shed blood that, that paid the penalty for our sins, but we're also looking forward. We're also anticipating his return when we will eat and drink with him face to face. As you hold that in your hand, let's give thanks. Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood. The blood that canceled our sin, the blood that not only covered it, but washed it away. The blood that made that eternal life, the assurance, the hope, the the, the confidence of eternal life possible. Lord, what you did on that cross, we thank you. Jesus, you gave your blood so willingly for us. Together we thank you, Lord. We look forward to seeing you face to face when you arrive. What a glorious day that will be. But Jesus, until then, may we be found living under the grace that you gave through your shed blood. And we remember you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the cup together. Hallelujah. 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 Stand with me, please. Oftentimes when someone dies, it's a time of mourning, but when we reflect on the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it is a celebration. So here's what I'd like you to do. I would like you for just a few moments just to lift up your voice and you lift up your hands and thank Him for what He has done in your life. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for what you accomplished. In about 30 AD, you, you, you did that wonderful sacrifice, that wonderful act, that incomparable act, and you purchased us eternal life. Now, Lord, in the year 2017, in the year of our Lord, 2017, we declare, Lord, ourselves again with you. We declare that you are the God of this year, that you are the Lord of our lives, and that while we do not know what will happen in the coming months, we know this, that you hold this year. We don't know what will happen to us, but we know that we are held by you, and in that we find tremendous confidence and hope, and we pray these things. We pray your blessing upon this year. I ask your blessing upon these people. When we go, Lord, today, may we go in the confidence and the hope and the assurance that you are the Lord of our lives. We pray these things and we praise these things in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. 
Amen. Go in the power and in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah.